Hello, Alex Zane here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Just The Facts. And while you can still enjoy these episodes forever, you might want to check out our brand new show, A Trip To The Movies, where each week a different famous film fan curates their perfect night out at the cinema, picking what snacks they'd eat, where they'd sit, who they'd go with, and of course, what movies they'd screen. If you love cinema as much as we do, search A Trip to the Movies with Alex Zane or head to our socials at Trip to Movies Pod. That's at Trip to Movies Pod to find out more. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Just The Facts with me, Alex Zane, the podcast that takes a journey through the cinematic CV of a different guest every week to uncover some ferociously fantabulous facts about their career. Congratulations to the JTFers who correctly worked out this week's guest from the clues on our Twitter and Instagram where we are at JTFpod. Well done, Lise Nielsen, Cinemaric, who both guessed correctly on Instagram, while over on Twitter, Frank B., DMC and unsurprisingly Rebecca Ferguson Webb, the Rebecca Ferguson Twitter fan page who all worked out from the clues that it is indeed the brilliant Rebecca Ferguson who is my guest on this week's show and she will be along in just a moment. For all the latest news and updates about our upcoming guests, do follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JTFpod and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel where you can watch our interviews in full the Friday after the pod is released. One other thing very quickly, if you do enjoy this week's episode or indeed any of our previous episodes, please do take the time to leave us a little rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your pods as it is hugely useful to us and would be greatly appreciated. Right then. My guest this week, an amazing actress who has, in the last five years, become an integral part of the Mission Impossible franchise as Ilsa Faust starred in the word-of-mouth phenomenon that was The Greatest Showman and later this year is set to play the iconic Lady Jessica in Denis Villeneuve's 
epic looking adaptation of Frank Herbert's Dune. Before then, however, she reunites with her Greatest Showman co-star Hugh Jackman for the hugely original sci-fi reminiscence written and directed by Westworld's Lisa Joy and out in cinemas this very week. We talk about all of that and a lot more. It was fantastic to have her on the show, so please welcome to Just The Facts, the wonderful Rebecca Ferguson. That's fine. That's fine. I'll keep it casual, you know. I'm, gonna, I'm drinking a coffee. You've got a straw. I've got a straw. Hmm? Paper. Mm. Hey. Am I too dark or is it good? No, it's, it's very dramatic. It looks good. Are you happy? I don't care. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Have you met yeah. me? I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's great. What else? Oh, right. Hey, so um, 2021. Busy year for you. At least that's what it looks like on paper. Reminiscence, June. I think you've just finished shooting Mission Impossible 7 like a few days ago. Has it, <laughs> has it been as busy as it sounds for you? Do you feel busy? Right now, I feel so busy that I sometimes just cradle myself in a corner and ask for everyone else to just solve everything for me. I'm not joking. Uh, we took a week off and we went surfing in Devon because I knew what was coming. But it's also a gradual stage of mission would have a wrap date. Um, so that's just a, like, it's, it's an actual date. Mm. Uh, Reminiscence has a premiere. That's a date. Um, mm. So everything has a natural flow to it. I'm just waiting to prep the next job. I mean, I have to say, from from the outside looking in, it does feel like you are going to continue to be busy because, I mean, the, the roles that you're taking and the movies that you're making, like, they seem to be getting bigger and bigger. Is that something that you feel aware of that is happening, like the, the, the scale of the films and the scale of the parts you're taking has increased? Um, I feel... You know what? I feel like Mission was such a huge role, and that's seven years ago. I feel like I was somehow thrown into it in the deep end. So I guess there's no, I don't agree with you. I disagree. Because I kind of feel like I did, you know, one of the earlier films I did was with Hugh Grant and Meryl Streep. Mm. And for me, that was ginormous. And yet today, if I had a script with them, it would be equally as big as, you know, I guess the answer is June as a film per se is so huge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Reminiscence is not as huge, but it has an incredible story and great. You know, so I kind of feel like I've been thrown into this in the deep end from the beginning, which is quite lovely. I don't have to be aware of an escalation of, is it success? I don't know. Of recognition? I don't know. Mm. I mean, like you mentioned Reminiscence, um, which uh, obviously it's, it's the first movie um, that we should talk about because it's coming out. When this goes out, it'll be this week. Reminiscence is yeah. coming out this week. Um, so what do you look at when you decide on taking a role in a film? Is it like, is it a question of the filmmakers who are involved? Is it a question of the script? Is it a question of how different or challenging the role is compared to something that you've done before? Uh, it's a mix mash, all of that. I think uh, now 
in like you said, you you asked if I if I recognize sort of the grandiosity of films I'm in. I think what mm. I feel is I'm getting more and more aware of wanting to challenge myself. And not, I've sometimes said I get bored if I stick to one kind of characteristic type, but I also feel like I want to offer up something first. If this is what I'm going to do, if this is actually my job, I still sometimes go, <laughs> do you know, I still wait for the day, but <laughs> you're laughing, but I sometimes think, is this it? Like, I've done so much. I've, I've worked in clothes shops and restaurants and cleaning hotels and daycares and nursery. I've done so much. And, and yet I'm, you know, I'm an actress. I, that's yeah. my job, but I'm sometimes waiting for that moment where someone goes, thank you for the time. Um, but so I always grab a role that will throw something new and dynamic and complex and challenging to open another door in a direction that maybe my career can take me somewhere else or, um, yeah. As long as you get time off to go surfing in Devon every so yeah. often, that kind of Five stuff. Five days a year. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. Did you actually surf? Yeah. Wow. I can't. I mean, I, if surfing is lying on a, <laughs> a paddleboard and then actually getting up and standing and riding that thing just straight, then hell yeah, I surfed. <laughs> yeah, I'm too scared of like, I'm too scared of sharks to ever get Seven, on a surfboard. They are, they are known. Um, mm. Actually, I think didn't they see like a great white or something? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, there's your answer. That's why you'll never find me on a surfboard in Devon. So I mean, of of all the stunts you've done in Mission Impossible, to me, this is the bravest thing you've ever done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know something? I was in LA with husband and son. And I was doing a photo shoot for Vanity Fair. It's a picture of me in an old, beautiful silver car. God, I can't even remember what it was. Stunning car. Anyway, and then we were going to have supper. But I call my husband. He's not answering. And I think, come on, why are you late? You have one job, be in the car, take care of my son and all that. But (laughs) he's not there. And I get home and he's on the stairs waiting for me at this hotel. And he goes, right, I just need you to start off by saying, Isaac's okay but he nearly got eaten by a shark today but he's all right what what happened so much more a better storyteller i believe they've been somewhere on a beach in where we were in in los angeles not to mention Mm. places because you know they'll be annoyed um Mm. and i think they were swimming and then all of a sudden i mean i think you must have seen the shadow of a shark in the wave behind my son and uh, realized that this is a grab and grab and run situation, which he did very fast, yelling to everyone to get out of the beach or get off. Um, oh my god! I mean, literally, just hearing that story, I've got look at that. I've got goosebumps. I, I have a I have a shark tattoo on my wrist to remind oh me gosh. to never go in the sea. You're that I, scared of them? Yeah, that story. Again? Is, it's just right here. Yeah. Oh, that's a really nice one. Thanks. Thanks yeah. very much. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's a terrifying story, but I'm pleased. I'm pleased. Rory got to look like a hero. That's amazing. He did look like a hero. <laughs> I gave that to him for 20 minutes. <laughs> so let's talk a bit more about reminiscence. Cause I mean, it's for me as a massive sci-fi fan, it is so exciting to see an original idea 
get given a sizable budget and be allowed to explore this vision of the future. And obviously anyone who's seen Westworld knows that Lisa Joy as a, as a filmmaker um, knows how to develop a complex idea. Um, what was your first reaction when you read this script? Um, that I loved this woman's vision for this complex story. I read the script. I remember thinking, I don't really get it. This is difficult. How? I mean, I'm loving the fact that I'm not getting it. Number that drew me in. Um, and then gradually her explaining this, the philosophy, number one, of characteristic traits, how, how we see ourselves, how other people perceive us and and. You know, just that is interesting enough for me to be interested in the project. And then she talked about this machine going back and forth, or back and forth in, in, in history. Um, but we attacked it in a more um, addictive way, which I, I found very interesting. When is enough enough? When do we stop seeking the past? And I, I think that that's, that's it. That's because, I mean, that theme of... Um of becoming obsessed with the past, I think like is a very relatable theme. I don't know where you sit on that scale. Cause I sometimes find myself like it stops being nostalgia and it becomes like analyst uh, analysis of the past and trying to use yeah. the past to explain where you are now. Do you look back or are you much more forward looking? Um, I believe I, I analyze far too much. Um, and I think that definitely goes into shattering history and, and what people have done, what I have done. Um, but it's a balance, isn't it? I mean, I think what's so interesting is with this character, she's trying to portray something that she is not, right? And I relate to that sometimes, thinking in our world, we do that quite a lot. I speak for myself. You know, who is Rebecca behind the closed doors? Who is Rebecca in a media um, environment when I'm safe, when I don't feel safe? And I think I often go back in, in, in my history to see where I feel like I did wrong. You know, mm. that kind of bashing on yourself. Yeah. Thinking I don't want to redo that. How can I get better this time? Oh, a new production. I'm going to be cooler this time. And then five minutes in, you fucked it up already. You know? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> no, I think surely not. <laughs> Yeah, I, I dip in and out. I think, but I think you need to be very careful because it life goes so fast. Mm. It goes so fast. I think the moment I'm happy is when I turn the phone off. When something happens in this moment, and these waves of joy happen, those are the memories I go back to. You know, mm. I think. I agree. I think there's a, a thing where I think analysis and self-analysis is useful, but I think it's where you start to look back and regret decisions you made and everything becomes, I wish I'd done this, yeah. uh, the path not taken. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what could I have done? What could I have done differently? And would the outcome have been different? I have that. I have a couple of road, um, what do we call it? Um, Forks in the road. Yeah, is that what you call it? Is it a fork in the road? I don't know. I think I had a T junction. Um, <laughs> but where, for various reasons, I've chosen one path, and sometimes I've thought, wonder what would have happened. But it's not a negative. It's not a positive. It's just a state of mind of mm. of questioning what would have happened had I not. 
Mm. Um, things I've done that have had enormous negative repercussions and consequences, would I have not wanted them to happen? In many ways, yes. And then I'm also extremely grateful that they did to bring me to a state of mind that I am today. Well, I mean, these are some of the amazing themes that are explored, I think, in Reminiscence. Yeah. And um, and it's exciting. I, it's exciting because Hugh Jackman, I, I mean, I think I've said to you before, I'm a big Hugh Jackman fan. And, um, and to see Do you think right? anyone watches a movie and goes, can't stand him? What an idiot. <laughs> How was my skin, you know? <laughs> that smug smile and those tight jeans. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not fair that he's nice <laughs> and so beautiful. Yeah. Um how was it working with him uh, again? Obviously a very different kind of movie from uh, The Greatest Showman. Um after The Greatest Showman, we we had created such a lovely relationship. Um that we carried on. I mean, not sort of an everyday relationship, but definitely checking in on each other a couple of times a month. And when this came up and Lisa said that she'd written it for Hugh, I believe she said, mm. um, I knew that in relation to how she had described this character, the complexity of it and where I wanted to take it, obviously more dark, more drugs, more despair. You know, I was like, how far can we go? Can I throw up whilst on the loo? Or is that too much in a scene? You know. Wow. Yeah, that's... Obviously, we want to go everywhere, don't we? And then I thought, there is no one who I would feel as safe to explore all of these, you know, characteristic traits than with him. Mm. Um, he would embrace it. He wouldn't judge. He would throw a curveball, we'd laugh. You know, one of the most uncomfortable moments can be a sex scene. We have quite explicit, intense sex scenes that mm. Lisa Joy explains she wants it from a female orgasm point of view because many films nowadays and uh, are sold in a way that, you know, um, the idea of how a woman enjoys sex, and as many women know, that is not the end for us sometimes, you know, it's mostly to uh, um, please the male gender. So she said, I'm done with that. We're going to have a female orgasm. And we talked about the positioning, etc. And because Hugh and I are so down to earth with each other, there's nothing we can't try or laugh with, you know, put husband and wives in the room. It's like a family. But Lisa Joy is so uncomfortable and shy. She could barely direct her own written sex scene. I was like, so what if I do this? What if this angle? And she's going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Do I have to look at it? Can you just do it? <laughs> and my point is, that's how we would work. There is, there is nothing that is not safe. It's um, it's amazing because you put a still up on uh, your Instagram from the film of, of you and Hugh, and it's um, it's crazy how many people uh, underneath uh, talk about the reunion of Jenny Lind and and, and Barnum in this movie. Oh, yeah. People love us together, but you know what? I love us together. I I would probably I, I'm going to speak for Hugh. Hugh loves us together, <laughs> and I think 
but I'm I'm serious in a in a very modest way. Um, that when you're that comfortable, the chemistry, you know, people say off chemistry, on chemistry, etc. When you're that safe with someone, and when they have such a part in your life, how could audiences not like it? You know, mm. it's it's real. It's 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 there. And you went on a huge journey together with that movie. I remember following the whole story of The Greatest Show and the the, the little movie that was written off uh, that then went on to become this this huge hit. I mean, you know, word of mouth is really a thing with snowball. film still. It was a snowball effect, wasn't it? The rolling mm. snowball into... Incredible stuff. Incredible. And mm. um, so when you, I mean... You know, it feels like uh, the perfect time with Reminiscence coming out to talk about looking back. And we touched on this, but, you know, it, you said earlier you you kind of, you were in at the deep end um, with um, with Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. Was there a, a, a film or a TV program that you think was a, a real turning point? Um, because obviously I, Mission Impossible, by all accounts, came off the back of the BBC series, um, uh, The White Queen. Yeah, I think... Uh... It's funny, isn't it, Alex? It's like a domino effect. How far back do you go of gratitude of your career? You know, then mm-hmm. there must be that that stone of the push, you know? So I think for me, it would always be a film I did in Sweden called A One Way to Antibes. Now, yes. it m- means maybe n- not as much as The White Queen because it's Swedish, but Richard Hobart, who is sort of a well-known Swedish director, took a chance and gave me the female lead in his film. And that repelled an interest overseas and by one of the biggest um, agents in Scandinavia, Lara Munstiel, who I've really wanted to be with. But, you know, I just wasn't cool enough. I was a soap opera star. Uh, all of a sudden, I was in a meeting with her. You know, that for me, the moment I sat in that meeting was... Not that my career was made, but I, I was in another world. And she said, you know what, you're English. We should get you over to England, introduce you to an agent there. And I think that's where I see you heading. So I bought my own ticket. I went over and I met up with Charles Collier and Lang Harrod Wood from what is now my agency, Tavistock Wood. Um, the first casting they sent me to that day or the day after was The White Queen. Wow. It was a very intense platform of just explosion. I mean, it, it took three months of casting. It was the most tormented, horrendous journey <laughs> of excitement. But it wouldn't have come had it not been the, um, the Swedish film. So it's those two, isn't it? And in, how did you how did you first hear about in terms of sort of casting like when you first knew that there was an interest in you joining uh, the Mission Impossible series as Ilsa Faust? Was it a phone call? Did you did you have a meeting? This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Do you know, I, this is so funny. I usually remember everything when it comes to big moments. I know I did a tape. I did a self-tape because that's what they'd seen. I cannot remember where I did it. What's, I know it's a car scene. The car scene when he's taking all of my gadgets off me and I'm in a yellow dress. Yep. I have no idea when I did it, where I did it. And um, I, was, I remember being on, a, on the camel in the desert shooting the white, red, oh my God, the red tent. The red tent, yeah. And... So I'd done a tape. My agents must have told me, um, you know, you're going to do a casting for Mission Impossible. You know, let's just throw in as many tapes as we can in every direction and see where it grabs. Um, and I was just happy to do any tape, any meeting. Um, and, yeah, rest is history, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of is. That's the first time we met at the, the, for the very first time at the premiere of uh, Rogue Nation. Oh. Yeah, at this, the same venue I'm going to be seeing you tonight for a reminiscence. I know. <laughs> Full circle. Isn't it fun? Yeah, it is fun. Um, did you imagine, though, that, you know, when you were doing Rogue Nation, that you'd be here, you know, five years later doing a, a third Mission, having just wrapped a third Mission Impossible movie? I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the answer should be no. Hmm. Humility and all that, yeah, yeah. But get, between yeah. us, I feel <laughs> between us and all the people listening out there. <laughs> no, 
let's have an honest conversation. Yeah. yeah. You sign a three picture deal. Mm. That's what you do, or five or seven. Um, I didn't know that Ilsa was going to reprise at all. I had no idea. Um, we had fun. It went really well. I know I really enjoyed it. I know the feedback was great. I never, I never assumed that I was going to come back. But I think for me, my reality was, why wouldn't I? I, I was enjoying it so much. I see no reason why why this wouldn't continue. So when it happened, I think I was like, yeah, great. When do we start? And I think later on comes the realization of that didn't actually have to happen. Mm. They could just have said, thank you. You know, I was the first woman to continue into the next one, but I'm also very much a person who just, I go, I ride, I enjoy. And then I'm in the next job. And then I'm in the next job. I don't really, stop and question too much i just i move yeah it's fascinating you say that i i, I read um i read that you said that because i think i think you were once asked about sort of the pressure that comes with the release of a, a movie uh because obviously you know people become obsessed with it how it's going to do what the expectations are the movie press are like is it going to hit this target that it's expected I said, to i just don't care yeah kind of <laughs> well, I think, no, it was, I found it really interesting because you said by that point, I, I'm on the next job. So that yeah. all happens after I've left the project. So I'm invested fully in something else. Yeah, that is exactly how it is. What I do like is if it's a film you've enjoyed doing, like reminiscence, and I, I haven't had many films that I haven't enjoyed promoting. There might have been a couple that you don't have to research. Um, but a mission film, for example, I will do my best. And with mission comes so many butterfly experiences. It's pressure. It's excitement. It's, it has so many emotional, like you call, you know, the reaction of body memory, right? So when I've shot a mission film, they will edit the crap out of it. I will give them everything I have, but to be honest, the final product is out of my hands. And that is a huge compliment that I'm giving them because I compliment the film. I think it's brilliant. But I can't sit there hoping and wondering, you know, my emotion and my soul and my body is into something else. But then I get to step back into it for an episodical moment and relive the memory. I have always written down notes when I film on every character, on every thought, um, so I can quickly go through my notes and throw myself back into where I was when I filmed to promote, to talk about it, to make it interesting for me. Wow. Like a journal of your experiences. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, otherwise, I, I don't know how I would, you know, press junkets, sure, you know, publicists will send you a breakdown of your character description, what to say, what not to say, but, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in what I think of it, you know? Because, I mean, you do spend, by, by, by all accounts, quite a lot of time. You enjoy the process of researching and building a character. That's, yeah. that's, you enjoy that as much as actually making the film. If not more. Hmm. I mean, right now I'm prepping this new Apple show called Wall. And, you know, we're looking into 
scarification, tattoos, you know, chopping hair off, coloring it. Would they have color in a silo? You know, all of this, it's the process of the creative minds going so far beyond any borders we can start coming back to some form of, you know, streamline. Um, And then we film it and then we move on. Um, I, I'm sure you get asked about it all the time, but I feel I feel like I'm in a position where I can ask because uh, you know. Was your BFF you... with Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> I well, I mean that's kind of it because like you and I grew up watching him. I mean, and obviously you know we have different experiences. You work with him, you make films with him. I I interview him, but you know it's I, it's it's still a pinch yourself moment. I still do find myself going. I, I grew up with you as the biggest movie star on the planet. You're probably still the biggest movie star on the planet. Yeah. It's kind of amazing to have that relationship with him. Yeah. It's, um, he's an odd one, Tom, isn't he? He's just so never met anyone like him. And I don't think I will ever meet anyone like him. And I, I don't really know who I become with him. Sometimes I, I find myself, using American expressions like awesome, really intensely. And I knuckle fist and it's all real because I guess we mirror each other. But Tom has such a magnetic presence because I feel the Tom I know cares and is interested. And he ignores the stuff he's not interested in. So there's no fakeness to it. It's just very much there at that moment. Mm. Um, but I still, you know, I'll tell him, you know, there's an excitement that comes with him. You know, his walk, his stride, his voice, you know, he's created this character for himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, I certainly, I've never met anyone who is as fascinated and passionate about making films as him. That's the oh one thing, the, the first time I met him, I, I just didn't realize just how, how excited the process makes him. It was an interesting process being in COVID with him. Mm. Uh, when he shared, you know, when you know the love that someone has for, a, for, for film, how much, how much he puts into it. Both him and, and McHugh is how I see them now together, obviously separate entities, but the way they work together, if film stopped, if cinemas stopped, you know, just, I, I sensed it. I sensed the, the, what would the word be? The kind of, it's not forceful strength or necessity. It's just, it's his life. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and in terms of mirroring, uh, I, I was, I spent enough time with him that I started saying crushing it. Uh, go, because he he go there. I texted <laughs> it to someone the other day, just to have fun. I texted the, uh, the ADs on mission just saying, yeah. guys, you miss you, me. I, you guys are crushing it. <laughs> I got, I think a finger up or something. <laughs> yeah. It's weird when you try it out yourself and you realize he pulls it off with panache and you sound like an idiot when you're going, Hey everyone, you're crushing it. Just doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't come yes. off in the same way. <laughs> you're crushing this interview. I'm really enjoying it. Awesome, man. 
<laughs> exactly. Hey, so you have um, another uh, little movie coming out later this year based on, I don't know, one of the most seminal works of science fiction writing in the history of literature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Dune. Uh, wow. So, I mean, I've I read. Have I seen it yet? No. No, oh. no one's shown me anything. Why? Have you? Twice, man. <laughs> See, I'm so giddy. I just reread it. I literally, I asked them to set up another screening. And I thought, should I invite Alex? And then I thought, I'm not sure. I'm, no, I'm not allowed to. Oh, all right. No, you belong to, you're, you're the other, you know, you're the other side. <laughs> Come on, we're friends. You can do me a solid like that. I need to see this movie so badly. Um, so Lady Jessica, oh, rereading nice. it. I mean, like, well, I, I read it with you in mind this time, obviously. And you I'm reread like, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You before, read the book and then you I'm, thought, I'm just gonna reread it. Yeah, yeah, for for the movie to, you know, just get from here to hear in terms of excitement. Oh my God, I read like 20 pages and I went, absolutely not. <laughs> you must be joking. Miguel, you, it's hard, but you're it's, a sci-fi, um, you, you're in that world, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, love like I love it. I love crossword people. Right. You know, when mm. it says middle of stone and I go, well, I don't know, something hard. Um you have a, a way of reading it and understanding it. It's quite complex. Oh, yeah. Dense. And, and dense. And, and I, I guess, not saying you have time and I haven't had time, I find it quite difficult. I found it difficult to throw myself into it. I started and then I went, right, Denny, just tell me. <laughs> give, me the, give me the story. <laughs> but that's inter- that is interesting because he has, by all accounts, the, the role has metamorphosized uh, slightly from what is in the book of Lady Jessica. It's, it's been expanded, I guess, would yeah, be the I mean, word. Yeah, just you know, by now I have read most of the book. This is in the beginning okay. of the book. Okay, yes. I believe you. And there are bits of it that I, oh, I'm really upset is not there. And I asked if maybe there'd be possibility of bringing it into the second one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right, I got um, you, yeah. But I, I do know of what I, I remember Denny saying to me was he tried to stay as loyal to the book as possible, but you also need to adapt it to a you know 2021 audience, mm. especially with how women were perceived and how they were written in the 60s, etc. You know, she needs to be so much more relatable. Um, and I don't know if that shift was hard for them to do. It felt very natural and easy reading the script and acting it. Um, I think they've done a very good job to recreate the book into a film. I, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think it's... Um, you know, you uh, haven't seen the film, so you wouldn't know. I, I, I haven't seen the film, but I think from what I, what I have seen in terms of the... I mean, I've snaffled up everything, artwork, behind-the-scenes stuff, so it all looks exactly how I'd want uh, June to look. And, you know, Denis Villeneuve's a freaking genius, like a visionary, so... You know, I feel we're in safe hands, but I do hope we get the um, the sequel. He's crushing it, man. <laughs> and um, uh, Timothy Chalamet as um, as Paul, um, he for me, he's the perfect Paul. What was it like building that relationship, uh, playing his mother? Um, I mean, I can, couldn't agree more. When I heard that he was playing Paul, number one, 
I think he is one of the most extraordinary, incredible actors there is out today. I, I am a little bit in awe of his work. Um, his process is different, which I love. Um, it's boring when things just roll too easy. And this is a mother-son relationship, you know? So we, um, yeah, we worked on that and finding the dynamic of, of connection and disconnection. You know, there are moments in this film slash book where the teacher becomes um, the taught one, you know, mm. the, the change, the change mm. or the shift of power. Um, just being on the receiving end of someone that brilliant. But to be honest, yes, Timothy was brilliant. But this entire cast for me was one of the most exquisite casts I have. It is the most exquisite cast I've ever been in. It's unbelievable, this, this, this cast for this movie. I, it's probably one of the most star-studded casts in history. I think Wes Anderson takes those. Oh, yeah. All right. Good call. But Good other call. than that, mm. other than that. Yeah. That's interesting. So when you say his process was a little different, was that, that, that that's fascinating that you, you have a certain way of doing things and someone has a different way of doing things, and I guess you like a challenge. Yeah, but always. I mean, how dull if you yeah. work with people who do exactly the same thing. I mean, we need to be in situations where we have to respect boundaries or feel energies, provoke. Um, just creatively try different things and just respecting each other's process, you know. With that said, it, it was a brilliant, incredible journey and ride. He's he's glorious. He's, I can't wait to see it. If you have any more tickets, you know, that just happen to come up, you know, I promise I'll come as a friend and not a, a journalist. Are you going to Venice? No. 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 no do, you want to, do you want to point out other things that I'm not doing? Um, you come to that... <laughs> Um, I don't know how this works on your end. I know, I know. And I appreciate you uh, extending the olive branch only to snatch it away. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a brief... <laughs> wolfing it away, wolfing the flies. <laughs> no, I am really excited to see June, uh, obviously. Um, you, you do seem to have a, a great eye for picking um, really interesting characters and creating uh, those characters from what's on the page. I mean, like you look at Ilsa, Rose the Hat from Doctor Sleep, Lady Jessica, uh, May in Reminiscence. Do you think there has been a change in the kind of roles that are out there for female actors, or at least maybe maybe a change in the quality of writing for female characters in film? I think that there's an extremely heightened awareness for change to happen, need to happen. And I can sense that in writing. I can sense that in the receiving of notes from myself, for example. Mm. Um, I think that it will take time to break a social comfortness. Um, and I think not just in roles for me, but to walk onto a set and see a female director, a female DOP, a female head of, you know, just normalizing the environment for race and gender, and whatever, sexual, whatever, whatever mm. is, is phenomenal. I mean, and it is gradually getting there. I wish it went fuckload quicker. 
sorry, heat flowed quicker. Um, I embrace it, and yeah, I can sense it. I don't choose roles based on trying to influence. I don't do that. Mm. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I I go with character. I go with the necessity that it, the character has to serve a purpose. And I don't care if it's big or small. If you take her out of a story, there needs to be a hole in the story. Mm. Otherwise, you know, why write it for, for any role? Um, the milkman knocking, delivering something. Does he need to be there for the story? No, then get it out. Um, I believe in streamlining things and making and making everyone important. Sounds like you should maybe go into writing at some point as well. It sounds like you really understand story. Have you got any plans to uh, pen a script to yourself? No, I'm not. Oh. I don't think I'm a good writer. I'm I'm executive producing the wool thing for Apple. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, congrats. Thanks. When's that out? We haven't even started shooting yet. We had oh, our okay. first table read yesterday. Okay. I got to see all the people who have just signed up, and it's an amazing cast. Cool. I know nothing about this. so No, like, you no. wouldn't. Okay. Because it's all new. It's Apple Morton Tudlum who did um, um, oh, many, many things, but Imitation Game. He directed right. uh, yeah. Defending Jacob, I think, is the last show he did. Um, that was great. Uh, and the showrunner, Graham Yost, did The Americans, mm. Sticky Pete. Um, yeah. Well, that sounds exciting. Um, hey, it's been, um, do you know, it's been absolutely lovely speaking to you, Rebecca. Um, I'll see you tonight, yeah? Yeah, see you tonight. <laughs> Let's smash it. Yeah, crush it. We're crush crushing it. it. Let's See, crush it. We can't even remember. I know. We can't even, only he can do I it. Far too English. Let's mm. smash it, darling. Uh, it's, it's the funniest thing when I when we I think it was the premiere for for Rogue Nation. Um, when I introduced Tom on stage, and no one else has ever done this, no actor. When you introduce the cast on stage, you go, "Here are the cast, ladies and gentlemen." And and Tom thanked his entire cast, and no one's ever done this. He goes, and also I want to say a big thank you to Alex A for being here. He oh, is crushing yeah. it right now. And I was like, "Uh, oh, I wow." <laughs> I remember that's also the time when I swore. Do you remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you say again? I said, my mom. And then she went, fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that Q and went, And that's Rebecca Ferguson for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, brilliant. I will let you get on with your day. Thank you for your time, Thank though, you, Rebecca. And I'll see you in a couple of hours. All right, you take care. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, Alex Zane here. Thank you for choosing to listen to Just The Facts. And while you can still enjoy these episodes forever, you might want to check out our brand new show, A Trip To The Movies, where each week a different famous film fan curates their perfect night out at the cinema, picking what snacks they'd eat, where they'd sit, who they'd go with, and of course, what movies they'd screen. If you love cinema as much as we do, search A Trip To The Movies with Alex Zane or head to our socials at Trip To Movies Pod. That's at Trip To Movies Pod to find out more.